It's Friday, June 10th. I'm Pam Jones, sitting in for Sarah Y. Kim. Hospitalizations are down with COVID-19 in Maryland. We'll have the latest numbers. State health officials say they're ready for vaccines for children six and under as soon as the green light is given by the FDA and CDC. And in Baltimore County, it's the return of the summer meals program for those 18 and under. It's the Daily Dose from WIPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response and the local news of the day, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. The latest COVID positivity rate is 8.85%, and the number of new cases in the last 24 hours stands at 1,551. Hospitalizations are at 442, and 11 people have died. Rashern Baker, the former Prince George's County executive, announced via Twitter today he is suspending his campaign for governor, citing financial challenges. In a recent interview with Maryland Matters, Baker said with $100,000 on hand, the campaign funding was being dwarfed by competitors. The first independent poll released earlier this week by the Baltimore Sun and the University of Baltimore had Baker in fourth place behind Peter Francho, Wes Moore, and Tom Perez in the 10-way Democratic Democratic primary. The Maryland primary election is scheduled for July 19th. Baltimore County Public Schools will start serving free breakfast and lunch this month. The district's free meals program launches on June 21st. It's available at 31 campuses to anyone 18 and younger. All meals must be eaten on site. Two school districts in Maryland have selected new superintendents. Board members in Anne Arundel County are announcing Dr. Mark Bedell of Kansas City Public Schools as their next superintendent. If approved by the state, he will start on July 1st. In Wicomico County, Dr. Micah C. Stauffer will take over for Dr. Donna Hanlon in just a few weeks. Governor Larry Hogan announced today the beginning of a $28 million study of a new Chesapeake Bay Bridge crossing. WIPR's Joel McCord reports this moves a multi-year effort forward. An earlier five-year, $5 million study found the best place for a new crossing was along the existing traffic-clogged Route 5301 corridor. Hogan said this morning the new study would look for solutions to traffic problems along the entire 22-mile stretch from the Severn River Bridge to the Route 5301 split on the eastern shore. And we're going to seek input from county and local governments and from environmental regulatory agencies, and we will be actively engaging Marylanders and providing plenty of opportunities for public citizen input throughout the entire process. It's unclear what form that crossing would take, but elected officials from 12 of Maryland's 23 counties have signed on to a request for a new eight-lane bridge. I'm Joel McCord, WYPR News. Hogan is also calling for a criminal investigation into Baltimore City Public Schools after a report from the Office of the Inspector General found widespread grade-changing practices. WIPR's Callan Tansel Suddeth reports. During a press conference Thursday, Hogan said the instances where failing grades were inexplicably changed to passing ones are quote-unquote inexcusable, but that it has been an open secret. So I think there's been an ongoing awareness of the problem and different people with the responsibility uh, looking into it, but it took persistence and it took this IG, which we had to fight hard to get on board. He also blamed the General Assembly. You know, the the legislature killed uh, President Obama's ESSA legislation to try to make schools more accountable and to fix persistently failing schools. 
But the Every Student Succeeds Act is a federal law that President Obama signed in 2015, not one that state lawmakers would have voted on. For WYPR News, I'm Callan Tansel-Suddeth. Dr. Jinling Chan, Maryland's Deputy Health Secretary, says the state is preparing to roll out COVID-19 vaccines for children six and under just as soon as the FDA and CDC approve their use. WIPR's Joel McCord reports that could come soon. Chan said at an afternoon news conference that both agencies will meet next week to review the Pfizer vaccine for children six months through four years old and the Moderna vaccine for children under six. If approved on Monday, June 20th, COVID-19 vaccines for infants and toddlers will be available in Maryland. She said the state has received an initial order of 64,500 doses and expects to begin inoculating some 358,000 of the youngest Marylanders. And these COVID-19 vaccines will help protect our youngest Marylanders against severe disease, hospitalizations, and death. I'm Joel McCord, WYPR News. Baltimore State's Attorney Marilyn Mosby appeared on midday with Tom Hall on Tuesday. She defended her administration's efforts to make the city safer. WYPR's Callan Tansel Suddeth with that story. With a higher crime rate in the city than when she took office, State's Attorney Marilyn Mosby says her office's successful conviction rate amid challenges like the COVID-19 pandemic is a measure of her success. What we know at the end of the day is that my prosecutors are still the best and the brightest in the country. We've had a 90 percent felony conviction rate despite all of those unprecedented challenges that exist. Mosby also said she's confident she will prevail against federal charges that she committed perjury and filed false mortgage applications. I will be victorious in that instance. There is no criminal intent formed in anything that I did in accessing my own money. Mosby's trial date is scheduled for September 19th. For WYPR News, I'm Callan Tansel-Suddeth. The nationwide baby formula crisis continues to affect millions of families across the country following the shutdown of the Abbott plant back in February. But has it eased in the weeks since the White House brought the Defense Production Act into play last month to speed up supply from smaller companies that produce formula? Are parents finding more supply on store shelves? WIPR's Sarah Y. Kim spoke with a local pediatrician to get a perspective. There's finally some hope on the horizon for millions of families who've been scrambling to find baby formula for weeks. The baby formula shortage was driven in part by the shuttering of the Abbott Production Plant, one of the few major producers of baby formula in the country. And Abbott is finally resuming production. But for now, supply remains short and parents remain desperate to feed their babies and toddlers. What can they do to manage in the meantime? Dr. Adrienne Collier is a pediatrician based in Maryland at Kaiser Permanente. She's here to answer some of our questions. Dr. Collier, welcome. Thank you for having me today. Parents have been dealing with this shortage for about a month now. How exactly have they been getting by? So the majority of parents that I have spoken to in my practice have been 
going to various stores and various communities um, looking for the formula that their infant uses. In addition to that, um, we have counseled families that can use generic formula at this time to get by if they can't find the brand name. We've also counseled parents that it's important to not only look at big box retailers, but also check online retailers as well as smaller stores um, and pharmacies in their communities to look for the formula that they need for their babies. What are some other alternatives for parents who have been struggling with those options? My recommendation for parents who are unable to find generic or brand name formula um, in their local communities would be to join Facebook groups in their communities. Also, they can join um, apps such as Nextdoor. Many times parents will buy formula in excess and they may have extra unopened cans that haven't been used that they can um, give to parents who are searching for a formula. Another option for parents would be to contact local donor milk banks um, if they're interested in providing um, breast milk for their infants since they're unable to find generic or brand name formula. For parents who might be concerned about whether breast milk donations are safe, um, could you give some insight into what that's like and why it might be a good option for parents? Yes, so that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. It's extremely important that if parents are interested in using donor milk, they contact a breast milk bank. The milk that's donated to breast milk banks is tested and lactating mothers are screened to ensure that the milk that they're receiving is safe at the donor facility. So it's, it's extremely important that parents contact a breast milk bank and not use breast milk from friends, family, or members of the community that hasn't been donated to a breast milk bank. I imagine that some parents have considered making their own formula at home. We know that that's not recommended. Could you remind us why briefly? Yes, absolutely. So we discourage families and parents from making their own um, formula at home because the formula that is produced um, by manufacturers in this country is very highly regulated. It's tried and true and it's tested so that we know it has the exact amount of nutrients and vitamins that infants need to thrive and grow. And it's also tested and highly regulated to ensure that when the formula is mixed with water, the um, electrolytes provided in the formula are the correct amount needed for the baby. So if you're mixing formula at home using Cairo syrup or corn syrup in water, powdered milk, there's a risk that um, the baby may not be receiving the nutrients that they need. And there's also a risk where there may be too much water or not enough water, um, which could result in electrolyte imbalance and also dehydration for the infant. Obviously, baby formula wasn't always around. It's been only around for several decades. But um, before that, I imagine parents used other forms of sustenance. Um, were there any side effects to using that that wasn't you know, a highly regulated baby formula for children? That's a great question. So I'm not aware of any um, side effects with homemade formulas in the past or use of powdered milk, such as carnation in the past. But I like to liken it to the scenario that in the past, infants weren't placed in car seats. Infants weren't um, placed on their backs to go to sleep. Not all cars had seat belts. So I think that um, back in the day, people used the resources that they had um, to feed their children. Now we do have more resources and more options, and it is a highly regulated industry. 
So while Fed is best, we do recommend not making your own formula at home, but sticking with either a store brand, generic, or brand name formula to feed your infant. Have you observed this shortage having a physical impact on the health of any of your patients? So I have not personally seen um, detrimental effects um, due to the formula shortage in my own patients, but I am in a variety of um, social media groups, and there have been parents and physicians who have um, reached out trying to find formula um, for vulnerable infants, particularly those with uh, metabolic disorders and premature infants. But personally, I have not seen any of my patients um, have detrimental effects due to the formula shortage. Right. Now, this has obviously been a very stressful time for parents. Um, How has this been affecting them emotionally and mentally, especially perhaps the parents who are more recent parents and are dealing not with just this crisis, but with COVID as well? I think that's a great question. Um, And I'd also like to point out, I think um, we in this area, um, the Baltimore region, the District of Columbia metropolitan area, we're very fortunate that we are a resource-rich community. I think you have to be um, very careful when you're speaking with parents who may be in um, rural communities or not near a major city, um, just because there may be less resources and less um, options for parents to search for a formula. Um, so I just wanted to add that um, we do have a lot of options here for families who are looking for formula, whereas someone in a rural area or an underserved area, they may not have those options. Um, I would say that the biggest impact of this formula shortage has definitely been the stress and mental load on um, birthing mothers and fathers because it's just, it's nature, right? You want to feed your baby. As a parent, your job is to provide nutrition for your baby. Not everyone can breastfeed. Um, It's extremely stressful for families, and many of them have reached out just worried and not knowing what to do not knowing what the options are. Um, There's a lot of brand loyalty in this country as well. So when families can't find a particular brand, um, they get stressed out. But also we have families who are having to drive around looking for formula. Um, So it's been extremely, extremely stressful um, for new parents. When can we expect to see this shortage ease? Well, just last week we um, learned that the Abbott manufacturing plant in Michigan reopened, and that's where 40% of the formula in the United States is manufactured and produced. Um, And due to government executive order and intervention, that that manufacturing plant is reopening. I don't think that production is going to ramp up quickly enough to impact families right away, um, because right now that, that plant is going to be producing highly specialized formula for highly vulnerable infants. So babies who are born prematurely or those who have metabolic disorders. I really don't think that we will see an ease um, or a letting up of this formula shortage until the end of summer, early fall. Hmm. That's my prediction. Do you have any tips on how people can prepare as supply slowly goes back up? I think that it's very, very important for families who are dealing with this crisis right now. Number one, if you have questions or concerns, you're not sure what to do, you're not sure whether or not you should make your own formula or use a can that's already been opened that your girlfriend gave you, it's important that families reach out to their pediatrician or family physician with their questions. The internet is a wealth, um, has a wealth of resources and information, but it's always best to speak with an expert, um, which would be the pediatrician or family physician. Uh, my other recommendation would be um, talk with your family and friends if they have unopened cans 
of formula. Also, when they do go to the store and find the formula, it doesn't matter at this point what brand you're using. It could be generic or brand name. As long as your infant is not using a highly specialized formula, any brand will do at this point. I'd also like to caution families against hoarding formula. So if you're in Costco or BJ's and you see, you know, cases of formula, um, we would ask that you would limit your purchasing so that other families can access the formula as well. And what I've noticed when I've gone out is that many stores do have limits on the number of cans families can purchase at this time. Cover the news of the day here on The Daily Dose, but it's also a platform for listeners like you. Got a thought or a story you want to share about life in the era of coronavirus? Leave us a voicemail to play on an upcoming episode. The number 410-235-6060. We've also got a button on the WIPR app, so you can record a voice memo that way too. Just tap Daily Dose comments on the app or give us a call. The number again, 410-235-6060. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WIPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Big thanks to my news team colleagues, Sarah Y. Kim, Rachel Bay, John Lee, Joel McCord, and Callan Tansel Suddeth. Our digital content director is Jamala Krempel, and our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. Stay healthy, stay sane, and stand together. I'm Pam Jones. Thanks for listening.